Hey guys, it's Kim, and I'm here with Adrian. And today on the podcast, we will be discussing choices you can make while you're single that will help you flourish in your single years and increase your odds for an enjoyable, lasting marriage later. It's kind of like you're loving your husband before you even have one. Well, today I am so excited for our discussion. I know Easter is coming up, and I'm sure many of you guys have your own traditions there. But today, to celebrate Easter, we have invited Logan on the podcast to discuss the gospel with us. And so he not only handles all the techie stuff behind the scenes of the podcast, but he is currently in seminary, and he really enjoys digging into God's Word. And so we are excited to have him behind the mic teaching us everything that he knows. So welcome to the podcast, Logan. Hi, friends. Thanks for letting me come back on. If you're wondering why we're talking about the gospel on a relationships podcast, here's why. We are a podcast about making choices to help you thrive in your single years, and we believe they'll actually set you up for a better marriage later. And we believe that Jesus has a lot to say about life and relationships and marriage, so we look to Him and the Bible to instruct us. And y'all, Easter is so much more than bunnies and baskets. And so I'm sure you guys have maybe heard of Good Friday and you're like, what even is that about? Well, on Good Friday, we take a closer look at Jesus's death. And, you know, death normally doesn't sound like a good thing. But in this case, it was. It means that the penalty of sin had been paid for once and for all. And that was our sin that had been paid for once and for all. And then on Easter, we celebrate his resurrection and we celebrate Jesus, that he defeated death and that he truly was God. And so the life, the work, and the death of Jesus, it really just gave him the authority to say everything that he did. Yes. And the gospel is important for us because it does a few things. One, it gives us and enables us to have a restored relationship with God. And the gospel gives us the power to live beyond our own ability. And to truly thrive in singleness or marriage, we really need supernatural help. Some of us might be able to do more in our own strength than others, but there is going to come a time or situation when you will be at the end of your own ability. And that's where the beauty and the power of the gospel enters in. Mm, That's good. Jesus enables us to be more than we are apart from him. And that power is shown best in the truth of the gospel. Because of the gospel, we have the Holy Spirit living in us. The kingdom of God is not a matter of, of just talk, but it is of gospel power. Okay, Logan, let's start at square one here. And so what is the gospel? You know, we hear that word thrown around a lot, but can you give us a relatively succinct definition and explanation of that? Yeah, it's a simple, easy question. (laughs) (laughs) Not loaded at all. Yeah, not loaded. Um, Yeah, I would love to unpack that. I think think it'd probably be helpful for us to start with my succinct definition of the gospel, um, and then we could unpack that a little bit if that works okay. That sounds good. Um, But I think as simply as I can put it, The gospel is the good news that God's kingdom, or another way to say God's kingdom is eternal life with him, has been made available to us through the perfect life, sacrificial death, and triumphant resurrection of Jesus, the Son of God. And I think I would add that in order to accept that good news and receive forgiveness for our sins and step into that eternal life, we have to turn away from our life of sin and trust in Jesus as the Lord or King of our lives. 
I love that that was your succinct definition. <laughs> yeah, so maybe not so succinct. But, I think but. I might say the gospel is how you get right with God. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's, that's great too. Yeah. But this is good. This means we have a lot to unpack here. We do. So let's, let's start unpacking it, okay? You said that the gospel is good news. Why do you say those terms? Yeah. Um, I think it's cool that the word gospel in Greek is a word called euangelion. Um, and you might be thinking, wow, Logan's really smart and knows Greek words. But I mean, you I, are really smart. I actually <laughs> just have access to Google and the App Store. So shout out to Blue Letter Bible. Praise God for the internet. Um, but yeah, euangelion actually simply just means good news. That's what that word means. And so in Mark chapter 1, verse 15, Jesus comes on the scene and some of his first words are, the time has come, the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the euangelion, the good news is what he says. And so euangelion, actually, I, I learned this recently. It's It was a political statement that a lot of people used. It was like, hey, good news, there's a new king. Like euangelion, there's a new king. And so it's an effective word for Jesus to use for himself and for um, his followers to use because they're saying, hey, euangelion, good news, there's a new king. Like that's who Jesus is. Mm, I love that. I think euangelion just kind of rolls off the tongue right there. <laughs> yeah, I kind of like it better than the word gospel. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I just like good news. Like when yeah. I... Now, when I hear the word gospel, I think, oh, good news. Like, good. I almost like using that better in conversation. Like, hey, this is the good news about Jesus. Yeah, the Apostle Paul talks about this good news in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. His succinct definition, he basically just says, hey, I passed on to you what was most important, the gospel, that Christ died for our sins, just as the scripture said. He was buried and he was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the scripture said. So really, I think that's at the heart of the good news. Jesus died for our sins and he was raised from the dead. And like you mentioned, Adrian, that's why Christians celebrate Easter. We celebrate the fact that our God is alive. I love that. Our God, our King, he is alive. That's so good. Okay. So this is really, really helpful, but who does this good news apply to? Is it for everyone? Yeah, this, this is where we can dive in a little bit. So that's such a good question. Cause I think before I started following Jesus, I had that question. The first time I heard the good news, the gospel, I was like, yeah, but does this really apply to me? Like, is this for me? And uh, I, I really think in order for us to understand the good news and answer that question, we kind of have to go back to the beginning of the story of the Bible. And uh, in Genesis 1, the first chapter of the Bible, we see that God created everything to be perfect. And when God was creating the world, he kept saying, it's good, it's good, it's good. And he would form environments and call them good. He would fill those environments with inhabitants and he'd call them good. And we as humans are the climax of God's creation. We're actually created in his own image to be in relationship with him. And if you haven't read Genesis 1 through 2, you should. It's an incredible picture of God's perfect design for everything. Mm, I love Genesis 1 through 2. No, I do too. I do too. It's so good. But sadly, we, we hit Genesis 3 and uh, the story be, kind of begins to unravel. Um, we see that the humans in the garden with God who are walking in perfect relationship with him are given a choice. And that choice is represented by this tree and it's called the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So basically what this tree is representing is, hey, the humans have a choice. They can choose to trust God and his definition of good and evil, or they can seize autonomy for themselves and they can define good and evil for themselves. And sadly, we see them choose the latter and sin begins to enter the picture. So basically God created man and woman, and he wanted a relationship with them. But in any relationship, you don't force people to do things. And so he gave them an opportunity to obey or disobey him. They had a choice. And God was very clear. It's like, if you disobey, these are the consequences. And Eve and Adam chose to disobey. Mm -hmm. And so because of that, the consequences took place and they were 
separated from God. That relationship was broken. Which is heartbreaking. It like, is heartbreaking. It's really sad. The Bible reads a story and like this is a tragic, tragic turn in this story. Like it was supposed to be good and perfect. And now there's this turn and there's sin and brokenness that enters the world. And I think it'd be good for us to define the word sin because I guess for me too, like again, before I was following Jesus, sin was kind of this like scary churchy word um, that was thrown around and I didn't really understand it. But I, I think sin is is simply acting or thinking or behaving in a way that doesn't conform to God's character or his commands. It's basically crossing the lines that God's laid out for us and rebelling against him. But One definition that for my little simple brain is sin is when I think I know better than God mm, that's good. and I do my own thing. Um, and I don't, I pay more attention to what I think and feel and want rather than what God says and desires for me. That's good. Um, I've heard it too, that sin is kind of missing the mark. Yeah. You know, it's an archery term that just kind of misses the mark of what um, God wants for us. And mm -hmm. it doesn't matter to go off of that. It doesn't matter if you miss it by a little or you miss it by a lot. You still miss the mark. And so with sin, I think we can think of the same way. You can think of these really big sins like murder or something. But you can also think of like really small sins like lying. And at the end of the day, they're both sin. They're both missing the mark of God's perfection. Right. Yeah. And I think, too, like there's there's sin that where people are just angry and rebellious and just kind of shaking their fist at God. But there's also the heart behind sin that I think I experienced where I just didn't care. I didn't want what God had to say. So I just turned my head and ignored it. And y'all, I don't know if I've ever shared this with you, but that one of the first times that I heard someone share the gospel with someone else, I was on a tour bus and I could hear a conversation behind me and I did not want to hear it. And I closed my ears and I just plugged them because I didn't want to hear what they had to say. And I didn't want to, um, yeah, I just plugged my ears. And it's so crazy because it's good news. Yeah. But in my heart, I wanted to do what I wanted. Yeah. And I, it wasn't good news at that point. Yeah, I think we sometimes view like these boundary lines that God's laid out for us as restraining or restrictive or like that he's being a killjoy. But I love the analogy that I've heard shared before of it's like if a parent let their kids out in the backyard to go play and they could literally play anywhere in the backyard. But let's say these are young kids and they can't swim. If there's a pool and that parent tells their young kids, hey, you can't go in the pool, are they being a killjoy or restrictive? No, they just, they want to keep their kid from drowning. And so I think it's the same way for God and the boundaries he's laid out for us in a lot of ways is he's saying, hey, I, I created everything. Like I know the best way for you to thrive in my creation. And so I've laid out these boundaries so that you don't overstep them and, and metaphorically drown. Yeah, the boundaries are actually a loving mm -hmm. thing for God to do. And, you know, I one thing that really has helped me understand the gospel is that, you know, we see God's character and love is a, um, is part of his character. He's loving, but he's also holy and he's just. And so when Adam and Eve disobeyed and sin entered into all of our hearts um, and it broke that relationship with God, the cool thing is, is that God is more concerned about fixing that relationship than we could ever be. Oh, yeah. But he has some character qualities that we have to consider. I mean, he's holy, so he can't just blow off sin and go, hey, Adam and Eve, Kim, Logan, Adrian, it's okay. It's cool. You just, you're just cool. It's all right. You messed up, but you know what? You just come on. Um, he can't do that because he's holy. There's sin. You can't mix the two together. And he's just, 
That's another part of his character. And he can't just let sin go. Sin has to be paid for. Which is, this is something that I've heard people struggle with a lot when they think about God. They're like, why would I want a God who has wrath or anger or justice towards evil? And I guess in my mind, I'm like, why wouldn't you want a God like that? Like I think of the evil and atrocity that I see in the world, the extreme injustice that I see around me. And it makes me angry and it it makes me think, man, God, I want you to fix this. I don't want this to be a part of our world. I don't want this to be a part of creation. And God's like, dude, I feel the same way. Like I, I hate that evil. I hate that sin. I hate death. I have anger and wrath towards it. And so you're right, Kim, like that is a huge part of God's character that he is he is just and we should want him to be just. And Logan, if you think about it, I mean, none of us would want a judge that's not just like you wouldn't want someone just to like walk away free for like a crime that they committed. Yeah, like the judicial system is a great example of that. Yeah. And like you, you wouldn't want that. Like you wouldn't want a criminal to walk away free with no consequence. You want justice to be served. And so it makes me think of God. Yeah. And the irony of our sin is like we want justice to be served as long as it's not against us. <laughs> so that's, that's true. So true. <laughs> that's, that's a challenge for me, for sure. Yeah. So he's holy, he's just, but he's also loving, like we've talked about. And he wants a relationship more than we do. And somehow he has to come up with a way to fix it. Um, because we, in and of ourselves, there's nothing we can do really to fix that broken relationship. I mean, we can try to do good things, and but it just it doesn't resolve the issue. And the issue is that there's sin that has broken that relationship with God. And so that's the beauty and the good news of the gospel is that God came up with a plan in Jesus to to maintain his holiness, his justice, and his love toward us. And it's cool. We watched the story continue on. So there's this, like we talked about, this tragic turn in Genesis 3. But then as we keep reading the Bible, we watch sin sort of unravel creation. We watch, like we talked about, death, violence, and evil begin to consume God's good creation. And honestly, as you keep reading the Bible past Genesis 3, things just keep getting uglier and uglier. And the story just kind of goes awry. But there's glimmers of hope throughout the Old Testament, which the Old Testament is just the 39 books of the Bible before Jesus comes on the scene. But in Genesis 12, a handful of chapters after this turn, God chooses a man named Abraham and he makes a promise to him saying, hey, I'll bless you and your family and I'm going to actually make you a blessing to the rest of the world. One thing I love about God, when he makes a promise, he keeps it. That's true. And so that's another one of his attributes. It's like if he says it, it will happen. Yeah, and it did happen. It's amazing as you keep reading. That man, Abraham, and his family would have been eventually become the nation of Israel, which you've probably heard of the nation of Israel before. And the, the drama of the Old Testament unfolds as you watch God work with Israel, who are a very flawed and very sinful group of people to make them a blessing to the rest of the world. And there's promises that are littered throughout the Old Testament that God is going to bring a king, a savior, out of that nation of Israel, out of the line and family of Abraham. And that promise, like you mentioned, Adrian, the perfect promises of God, that promise comes to fruition with the birth of Jesus. So to bring it back to your question, Adrian, who's the gospel for? Like I mentioned earlier, part of the amazing truth of the gospel is that we can be forgiven from our sin and restored to right standing with God to a relationship with him. And so that means that the gospel is for everyone who has failed to, like we talked about, fully conform to God's commands, to his character. It's it's for everyone who's crossed the lines that God's laid out for us. And the Apostle Paul makes it really clear in Romans 3.23 that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All of us. Maybe we haven't, like you'd mentioned, Adrian, maybe we haven't murdered anybody. All of us have told lies. All of us have gone against what God's original good design was for us. And so all of us are in need of this good news. 
I love that. You know, I didn't grow up much around, um, yeah, people sharing Bible verses and all those things. And so, but I somehow knew John 316, probably just because a lot of my friends wore shirts with it and it was just around everywhere at Hobby Lobby. But I remember in seeing that, that God so loved the world and that just the world just really struck me that he loved everyone, that he loved people in America, that he loved people overseas and in countries that I couldn't pronounce and that he died for them, that Jesus died for them. And it makes me think of Romans chapter five, verse eight, which says, God demonstrates that love for us and that while we were still sinners, he died for us. Like it wasn't like, hey, I'll die for you once you clean up your act and figure your stuff out. I'm going to die for you actually while you're still transgressing against me, which that was something that I struggled with so much was like, oh, God, I've done so many just messed up, terrible things in my life. I am a wreck. How could you ever love someone like me? How could you ever die for someone like me? And God's saying, no, that's like precisely how I demonstrate my love for you. Jesus is saying, while you were still a sinner, I went and died for you because that's how much I love you. Mm, that's so good. You know, you use the word transgression, and that's kind of a religious-y word. Um, but I always think of like uh, transgression is like stepping out of bounds. Mm-hmm. You're going out of bounds of what you're supposed to, where you're supposed to be. Yeah. And uh, anyway, that yeah. just popped in my like head. Like you, you wronged someone. Like when you wronged someone. It's yeah. The same idea. When you trespass or something on their property, or you, you, you went out of bounds. Yeah, that's a good way to say that's it. That's out of bounds. That's really good. Okay, so we've talked about a lot of things. Yeah. A brief summary we kind of, of just the, Bible. the Bible. I know yeah. we really <laughs> did. We zoomed through, but in light of all of it. How should we respond to this good news or the gospel that Jesus is has come to fix the relationship between us? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's such a good question. And that is the amazing climax of the gospel. Like we talked about, that's at the heart of the gospel is that God himself, that's who Jesus is. God himself takes on flesh and lives the perfect life that you, me, us couldn't live. Nobody could live. And then what did he do at the end of that life? He actually went and died voluntarily and sacrificially on a cross for us so that we could be restored to relationship with God, so that we can be made right with God, so that we can be forgiven our sins. Like you mentioned at the very beginning of this conversation, Adrian, Jesus died to forgive our sins, but he also in his resurrection defeated death and sin and left it in the grave. And it is this triumphant victory that now we can not just be forgiven of our sins, but that we can step into that victory with Jesus. And that's why I think the resurrection is so important when we talk about this good news is that if you just have the cross, it's kind of martyrdom, which to be a martyr is just, it's to die for something you believe in. And a lot of people were crucified back in the day. That was like capital punishment in Rome. But Jesus was raised from the grave, proving that, hey, I am God. I am who I said I was. And then he was exalted to the right hand of the Father. And he is now, in Matthew 28, 18, Jesus says, I have all authority in heaven and on earth. And that's so, so that's why we use the word king or Lord when we describe Jesus is that he has all authority, not just over all of creation, but over my life too. And so to answer your question, how do we respond to this good news? The Bible talks about how, hey, first we have to acknowledge I've got sin in my life. Like I've, I've, I'm kind of a mess. I think the prerequisite to accepting the gospel is acknowledging, hey, I kind of bring nothing to the table here on my own. Uh, I'm, I've got some sin in my life. I've got some messiness, whether it's obvious on the outside or whether it's tucked away in the closet. I need to come to a point of acknowledging my need for a savior, acknowledging the fact that, 
hey, I can't save myself. I can't clean myself up. And I came to a rude awakening of that my freshman year in college of, man, I've been driving the car and I keep running it off the road and I am done. Like, I, I just can't figure this out myself. And so we have to get to a point of acknowledging I need a savior. And then we have to turn from that life of sin and trust in Jesus as King, as Lord, as he rightfully is. I remember one of the first times that I heard the gospel and the first time I heard it, I go, you know, this just isn't for me. I'm like, this is for the people that make a lot of bad decisions, that do a lot of evil in the world, that hurt a lot of people. And yeah, they they need um, this news. And I was just like, you know what? I'm I'm good enough. I, I feel like God would look at me um, in my life at the end of my last days and go, yeah, Adrian, you, you did a lot of good things. You worked hard in school. You um, didn't make as bad of decisions as all your friends did. And your parents were proud of you. I, you know, I thought that would be like enough. But I remember as someone just kept on challenging me to read scripture, I was like, oh, no, that's me too. Like I'm a sinner. And all of a sudden, all this other pride was exposed of just how I was thinking that of myself is so good that God would go, oh, Adrian, you're amazing. Of course, of course you can like be with me. And it's like, no, like God is so holy. I am so not. And Jesus had to die so that I could have a relationship with him because other way, there was no other way. I'm so glad you shared that, you know, because we all kind of think of sin as, you know, all these bad things, but, uh, that we all kind of have that bent in our heart to just do our own thing. Like you mentioned, Kim, like, I want to do what I want to do, not yeah. what God wants me to do. I mean, like, I, I mean, I deal with that every day. <laughs> that's like, an important point to make, though, and that's <laughs> something I wanted to share, too, is I hope nobody ever hears me saying that I don't have sin anymore or struggle with sin anymore. As someone who has accepted the gospel, who does have a relationship with Jesus, I am just as sinful as ever. And honestly, I think I thought when I started following Jesus you know what, I'm just going to keep feeling better and better about myself the further I go and more like confident in like my ability. And the opposite has actually kind of happened. I've been Isn't humbled. Isn't it crazy? It's wild. I, I know. The older I get, I'm like, man, I am a mess. Yeah. I'm a big hot mess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, what, <laughs> I'm so but the beauty of it now is that like the more I've realized like, woof, I have a lot of sin in my life. Rather than leading to hopelessness, it's just made me more grateful for Jesus. It's made me more grateful for the gospel and the fact that Man, the more sin that I have, the more God's grace is put on display. That doesn't mean that I have a license to go do whatever I want, because that's another aspect of the gospel is that when we accept this, when we turn and trust in Jesus, we receive the Holy Spirit. We receive the actual spirit of God who will convict us of our sin, who will lead us in the path of righteousness, who will teach us how to live in God's kingdom in a real way. And so it's been this just real tension for me. I don't know of, of the more I see my sin, the more I want to leave that sin and follow Jesus it makes me think of Romans 12 one in view of God's mercy. I want to offer my body as a living sacrifice. That's holy and pleasing to God. Um, I'd love to share a story that I, you know, as a believer where I really experienced just God's power of the gospel. Um, I was working at my father-in-law's dairy queen and, uh, there was a young guy working there and I had never done fast food before. And I was, you know, I didn't know what I was doing, but this, it was like 13 or 14. He was just a young guy and he was in there and he was the meanest guy and he would get so mad at me. And y'all, I mean, at that point, I'm a leader in a Christian ministry and I wanted to let out on him every cuss word I could ever think of. He was just pushing my buttons day after day after day after day. And I remember I was like, I can just see it in the paper now. Christian leader cusses out young boy, <laughs> you know, and I, 
I went to the back of the um, storage room and I put my head against a box and I go, God, I know you're real and I know that you live inside of me. Please help me to not act on what I'm thinking and feeling and help me to love this boy as you do. Mm-hmm. And it was just, and and that's just one story of many where I came to my the end of my own ability and I had to depend upon God's supernatural help. And the Bible says the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. Mm-hmm. My heart started changing toward this guy. And I began to think, perhaps he's treating me the way people have treated him. And I was able to see him more in, with eyes of love and care and concern. So I tried to be kind to him. And at the end of the week, I gave him a ride home. And he said, you know, Kim, um, you're the nicest person I've ever met. Wow. And so it just was sweet. So, I mean, it's, it is. The, the gospel is not just words. It's power. And when God's spirit comes and lives inside of you, he helps you to do what God wants us to do. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that just is probably one of the most powerful pictures in my life of just how the gospel changed me even as a believer. Yeah. I love that, Kim. I love that you can live out the gospel in your actions, but you can also live out the gospel with your words, with actually sharing about who Jesus is, his life, everything that we're talking about on the podcast. So if you're someone that wants to live out the gospel, not only in your actions, but also in your words, share this with somebody, Um, share the things that you're learning from this podcast with somebody that doesn't know Christ and tell them about the good news of Jesus. Yeah, I love that. And I think this is a great way to transition into, hey, like there are implications of accepting the gospel. Like there are things that come out of it that you don't just accept the gospel and you're like, cool, I'm just going to sit on my hands until Jesus comes back and until we're in eternity with him. Be like we, there are implications. And I think there are obvious individual implications that we've talked quite a bit about of, hey, we get to have a restored relationship to the God who created us. We get to personally know God. And that is incredible. And then there are also communal implications. Like we see in the Bible that as followers of Jesus, we're called into a new community, a new family with a new mission for life. I think of Jesus at the very end of his time on earth before he ascended to go be with the Father. He said, again, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. He's saying, hey, go share this good news with other people. Go help them follow me as well. And so we have a responsibility as people who have trusted in Jesus, who have accepted this good news to go be a part of the family of God and to go live out the mission of God. And then too, it's amazing to look forward to, to round out our whole peruse through the Bible. At the very end, we see this vision in Revelation chapter 21 of how Jesus will return and reconcile heaven to earth. He'll reconcile what was once unified that became broken. He'll reconcile it again, and we will get to be with God. And there's so many amazing things that come from that. As someone who's had two knee surgeries and a lung surgery, looking forward to the hope of, hey, I get to have a restored body in the new heavens and new earth. There's so much hope that comes with the gospel, not just right now on this side of eternity, but for eternity to come, we get to be reunited with God alongside all of our brothers and sisters in Christ. And we get to go take that message of the good news into a broken and hurting world that really needs it. There's responsibility and implications that come with the gospel, but they're amazing ones. I agree. You know, Logan, I, you know, things, life is just kind of hard these days. There's so many things happening and um, across the globe and 
it is it is comforting to think about heaven and this world is not all there is there's so much more and uh, the gospel opens things up to a, a good future in a changed life and a changed heart Kim, I love that you said that, and I love the story that you shared, the Dairy Queen story, because I think it just is a good reminder to me that the gospel is not just for people who haven't followed Jesus yet. Like the gospel is for me and you, all of us, every day for the rest of our lives. It's not a message of good news that you accept at one time and then, okay, cool, like I'll think about this never again. For me, the gospel is something that I need to preach to myself every single day. The gospel is good news that I need to share with myself and with my people around me every single day because it doesn't just provide hope for the life to come. It provides hope right here, right now in the face of hardship, of adversity. And yeah, like you mentioned, it's just, it's been a hard season for a lot of people. It's been a hard season for me. And so it's a season where I need to be preaching the gospel to myself. I need to be reminding myself of the good news about Jesus every single day. I love that. And what I love about the good news is it it's here. It's here right now for you to accept, to cling to, to believe in. And like we talked at the beginning, Jesus doesn't go back on his promises. So when he promises this new heavens, this new earth and the land of no more is where there's no more pain, there's no more suffering, where every tear will be wiped from your eyes and the old things of this life have passed away, like that is going to happen. And I am so excited for that because there's been a lot of pain and trials this week. And I am just so excited for when those things will be no more. It really mm -hmm. is good news. It, it is, is good news. It is. So normally we have takeaways and I'd love to give everybody a takeaway, mm -hmm. a couple of takeaways. If you're listening to this and you realize, you know, I have never really heard this explained like this before. And perhaps you're wondering if you're you have a relationship with God. I would be uh, in the same camp as you leading up to college. I had never heard this message before, before I got to my freshman year in college and a friend shared it with me. And I was like, what? Yeah, it's crazy. And then, you know, me on the bus, on a tour, I closed my ears to it, you know, because I just don't want to hear. Um, but then later, I was a little bit more open mm -hmm. and I wanted to hear it. When my roommate shared it with me, it was it was good news because my heart was heavy and I'd made a lot of bad choices and I needed forgiveness and I wanted to be restored to a relationship with God. But if you are sensing that separation from God and you want to put your faith and trust in Christ, I encourage you to pray with me right now. I would love to give you an opportunity to decide in your heart that you want that relationship restored. So if you would, just pray along with me. God, thank you so much for loving us and for being holy and just. And Lord, thank you for providing your son, Jesus Christ, to fix the gap that's been between me and you. Lord, thank you that he died on the cross for my sin, the things I have done that were wrong. Um, thank you that he um, paid the penalty of my sin. And Lord, thank you that he was able to come back to life to show that he has the power and authority to forgive my sin and to make me into the kind of person that you want me to be. So God, thank you for those things. And Lord, would you please forgive me of my sin? And would you please come into my life and make me the kind of person that you created me to be? Help me to experience everything that you have for me. Lord, I'm so grateful. And it's in your name we pray. 
Amen. If you've made this decision for the first time, I would encourage you to seek out a Bible study leader or a pastor or an older Christian woman whom you respect and share with them this decision that you've made so that they can pray for you and encourage you along the next steps of following Christ. Kim, thank you for that prayer. It made me think of just like how simple it can be to respond to this good news. You simplified the gospel at the very beginning when you said, hey, it's how I get right with God. And I think Paul simplifies our response in Romans chapter 10, verse 9. He says, hey, if you confess with your words, Jesus is Lord, he's king of my life, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's literally what he says straight up. And so I love that prayer and I love just giving an opportunity for my sisters in Christ listening to respond to that good news, maybe for the first time. Even for me, as someone who's a believer, like just hearing that again, that is what I need to do daily to preach the gospel to myself, to be reminded that I'm a sinner, that I need God to thank him for all that he has done for restoring me in the right relationship with the penalty of sin that was like death of his son. And so that is um, just a lot to think about, but it's a lot to praise God for because I just don't deserve it at all. So thank you, Kim, for praying that because it was ministering to me as well and just reminding me of the goodness of God. Yeah, and the prayer doesn't save us, you know. There's it, no magic prayer. There is no magic prayer that, oh, say these things and, you know, you're going to be right with God. It's it's hopefully an expression of the desire of your own heart mm-hmm. that you start to believe in your heart that Jesus is who he says he is and that he can do what he says he can do. Mm-hmm. He says That's he's good. God. We need to be forgiven. He said, I have paid the penalty for your sin. That's amazing. So Kim, what if like if a listener is saying, yeah, I've already, I've accepted that good news. I'm following Jesus. What's the implications for that girl? Well, I would love it if she would think about the people in her life that she loves and cares for, and she would start to have conversations with them, maybe even share this podcast with a friend and then talk about it. It's like, hey, have you ever made this type of decision? Have you ever thought about where you stand with God? Um, Have you ever wrestled with sin? Have you ever felt that guilt? Um, Guilt is a real thing, Mm -hmm. and that shame that you feel in your heart sometimes that's not what God wants for us. He wants us to be forgiven and experience his joy and his peace. And so I would encourage a young woman to share the gospel with someone. And if this podcast helps, just share it and then maybe follow up with a conversation. And we have a lot of good tools if you're looking for more ways to learn how to share the gospel in a succinct way or not. Uh, we have a lot of tools that could help you do that. So we'll link some of our favorites in the show notes for you. Logan, you did that incredible little video. It wasn't very long. It was just a few minutes. But it can be really simple. Yeah, It can be very simple. So we're going to link that in the show notes too. And we hope it'll be really helpful for you. I would love to bring it home by just saying that, hey, you should share the gospel with other people in your life because you love them, because you have been transformed by God's love and you're saying, hey, I, I so badly want for other people to have this transforming love too. Um, I, I think about this in my own life. Like I don't have an agenda with other people. Like I want them to know Jesus. And so if you're listening to this podcast and you know and love Jesus and you've been transformed by him, your desire should be, and I so badly want my sisters in my life, my, my friends to know Jesus too. And so I, I do think to tie it home to the title of your podcast, Kim, Adrian, Uh, the best way for you to love your husband before you even have one, the best way for you to maximize your single years and prepare yourself for a potential marriage later, but just for life is to accept the gospel, is to follow Jesus, is to be transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. 
there is no more important podcast that we'll probably ever record than this one. Wow. What an incredible time. Thank you so much, you guys. I, it's so fun to talk about the gospel, especially during the season of Easter. It just makes it so much more meaningful. Um, and so I'm really grateful. So thanks for doing it with me, you guys, and for Kim behind the scenes, who's helping us stay on track. Um, and to our listeners, thank you for spending this time with us today. We hope this has been a meaningful episode, and we wish you a very happy Easter, Resurrection Day, and uh, and we'll be praying for you and we look forward to talking with you next week because we have a lot more to talk about